Welcome to Project Chatter, the podcast where PPM experts from various sectors talk about the latest trends. Listen to Val and Dale as they talk about tried and tested best practices and share their unfiltered thoughts about the industry. Whether you're here to learn how to progress your career, improve your project control skills, or just want to hear an Aussie and South African rant about projects, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Project Chatter Podcast with your hosts, Dale Fung and Val Matthews. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Project Chatter Podcast. Today's episode, I think, will be quite intriguing because it really goes into a bit of the unknown um, due to the current state of where we are in the world with, you know, the, the big coronavirus and the, the COVID-19 um, that, that's been impacting the world, let alone just the project environment. Um, but we're going to try and keep it topical as well um, today um, and, talk, and talk about a couple things. Number one, the impact on projects um, that this, this virus is, is, is having. Um, two, what you can potentially do today to try and mitigate anything um any immediate impacts and three perhaps delve into a bit of a crystal ball to to give our views potentially on the future of project delivery and what that might look in a more digitized world so i'm dale fung and as always i'm joined by my co-host val Matt. hi guys how are you going okay so um, due to the, the internet traffic, I think we did a, one or two testing as well. There, there might be a bit of a lag on here and might break up slightly. So we'll apologize up front um, for potential uh, quality issues um, that, that you might receive with this podcast. But I want to go straight into it. And, um, you know, um, Val, from your perspective, I mean, I, I know you, you, you've certainly been telling me you're flat out in terms of uh, the impact of, of coronavirus on the various projects um, that you've been involved in uh, from your perspective and, and the clients you're dealing with. Um, can you give some of the, some of the insights as, as to what the impacts are with regards to impacts on resources, impacts financially, um, impacts on mm. contractors, the supply mm. chain, um, and, and kind of how... Uh, you know the various projects and and companies are dealing with that. Yeah, sure, Dale. So, for, from our perspective, it's you know in Australia, um, I guess we're not as affected as Europe um, and and, uh, and the UK in terms of proximity. So, we, we're we're largely protected from that perspective. But obviously, um, the government's taking it very seriously, as we know, and we're probably all sick and tired of hearing about uh, the coronavirus. It's on every media channel everyone's talking about it everyone's got advice everyone's sending emails about it um so there's it's natural to have a bit of corona fatigue i think um so we don't want to let our listeners know that we're not going to go talking about giving you advice about what to do um but probably just some observations on on what companies are um sandbagging and i think the most recognizable pattern of behavior across all the kind of clientele and organizations that we work with is to um, stem the flow of cash. So where there's outgoings, obviously we want to stop as many outgoings as we, we, we can because uh, we don't know how long this is going to last. So I've seen a lot of companies push back or pull back on, on R&D projects or anything that's not necessary, um, which has had a massive impact to obviously I work in consulting. So 
it can have an impact to all types of contractors and consultants and those that um, that work in that uh, kind of short commission space. Um, and obviously, that there's a massive impact to small businesses as well. So it's strange because we probably knew this would happen, but never realized it would happen in our lifetimes. I don't think anyone was shocked it happened, um, but they're shocked about the repercussions um, in projects. So not only are things not getting done, but we've, we've got to move to this remote working. So I actually see a bit of light in this where being an early adopter and loving technology as much as I do, watching others scramble to understand how it works and understand the online etiquette, if you like, of having group chats and chatting online across various mediums and getting to understand their team without having to micromanage them. I think it's fantastic because it's making people realize that it is possible to remote work. And what we might find on the back of this is more acceptance by, I'm going to say older, but definitely um, older fashioned management to seek out new ways and new ways of working um, because obviously this is, this has forced everyone's hand to work remotely, which is fantastic. So I I've had about three or four meetings just today on, on a few different uh, communications, Skype for business, um, Microsoft teams, WhatsApp, multiple calls there, um, chats, text, FaceTime, you name it. So the difference is um, communication is up the frequency of communications. I've never been on my phone in my life as much as I have in the last week or two. Um, Australia's probably as a business and project organization is that the various projects are taking that cautionary uh, mode. So not all of them are locked down. Uh, some of them are still asking for people to come in. Uh, some of them are using this social distancing rule, uh, which quite doesn't quite work. Um, I mean, a proximity rule kind of works if you've got the space to, but it doesn't work on transport or, you know, um, dense areas of population like Melbourne or Sydney. Uh, so it's all trial and error, really. And I think that the, the big question mark for projects is how long and how long can we sustain this before it has even more of an impact? So some of these projects actually can't stop. And it's, it's the ones that require on-site works. It's the ones that require people to be physically there in the space. It's those that I wonder... Um, what are they going to do next? So for, for the work that I do, which is largely digital and largely remote, um, um, I can, my team are pretty happy. Uh, but, but obviously how do you deal with the other aspects of working from home? So if you've got kids or you, you know, you've got an office, so we've seen the impacts of the internet. Can it, can it handle it? Um, we're, we're lucky down in Australia. We've, we've got some, a pretty strong fiber infrastructure. Uh, it's not perfect. Uh, but, but it's definitely helped us uh, in this time. Um, so, so there's so many things to think about with projects. And, and the one thing I worry about is cost. Uh, the longer these projects stand still, the more it's going to cost. And I wonder, like everyone else, where, where is the money going to come to not just stimulate projects, but, but businesses as well? I think we're going to see the biggest impact to businesses ever in our lifetimes and probably our parents' lifetimes. It's, it's pretty significant. So, Right now, I think we're in a, in a state of caution. We don't want to definitely tell anyone on our podcast listeners that they should go freak out and buy 10 rolls, you know, 10 bags of toilet paper and start stocking and prepping for doomsdays. But there's a lot of that happening down here as well. Uh, so, you know, my advice is to switch off uh, from media and get your sources from reliable sources and maybe check in once a day or once a week or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, just look after each other because obviously mental health and well-being. If you're cooped up in a, you're self-isolating, I feel like that's probably the biggest threat in terms of 
productivity is you're sitting in a you're sitting in a house not much to do and you've got this this social distancing which which doesn't make it easy to to have a barbecue does it so um we haven't seen any impacts of that yet um i haven't seen the team or at least my team slow down yet um but but i guess there's a lot of question marks uh, so i don't know how helpful i'm going to be around um answering any of those but i definitely ascertain that i don't think australia's in a state of readiness I think we're kind of a bit shocked like the rest of the world weren't prepared as we should have been. But I think the government's learning from every other country's mistakes and we're starting to catch up. And obviously we've had the ban of international uh, flights in, inbound to, to Australia and there's various other things that they're doing to safeguard Australians, which is good. Um, and then a lot of people have voluntarily, have, have voluntarily uh, self-isolated. So, it, it, I'm, I'm keen to see the back end of this like everyone else, but we're about to head into winter, whereas you guys are probably heading back out of winter. Um, and so whilst it may not linger in Europe and it might recover uh, as, as the season gets warmer, which is usually the case with these viruses and, and flus and stuff, it probably won't as much here. So we've been told various things from three to six months potentially to wait this out. Yeah, so... Um, it- it's fair to say that you know the the UK is is, is ahead in terms of um, how how fast this virus is moving, and it's amazing that you know we haven't really spoken uh, in detail as to um, what's been happening in in each other's countries and and, and businesses, but it's it's largely the, a very similar view. It's quite a holistic one. It's you know what are the impacts um, on resources first and foremost, the safety and well-being of resources in all the companies. They're then looking mm-hmm. at um, uh, financial well-being of those resources, how to continue supporting families, um, as well as then, you know, um, th- there's two dimensions to to projects as well, how to keep projects going, because one, yes, um, we have projects that, you know, that the work doesn't just go away, it will be there, and these things have to be delivered, and a lot of the, the work that we do on major infrastructure projects which impact people's lives which create opportunities for people so to stop that work creates future opportunities so it's a big knock-on effect so you can't Mm. just you can't just hit the kill switch um, and switch everything off but the other important part um, which you mentioned about not switching off your day-to-day is um, productivity and the well-being impact of productivity as humans as um just our nature is to be social animals, to be interactive, to be productive. Um, you have a sense of um, belonging. Uh, you have a sense of worth when you're contributing to something that has a, that that impacts to the greater good. And projects do that. That that's why we involve in projects because the 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 things that projects create, the offspins, are. Um, you know, profound to, to, to the people out there. You know, you talk about airports, you talk about transport infrastructure, mm. you talk about construction, building homes and, and office blocks where people can work and, and all that kind of thing. So there's a whole host of, um, of, of um, benefits to, to the various infrastructure projects and, and all other types of projects that, that we're involved in. Um, I, I, I guess exactly. it, it, the immediate impact that you touched on and, and we're seeing it here is is the social distancing where, you know, the, the UK um, has been been asked to 
to isolate where possible, to to work from home uh, where possible, and and a lot, if not all, companies have taken that approach. London is reducing its uh, transport system um, by, I think it was up to forty percent um, in terms of people aren't just are not going in. Um, I, I haven't been in uh, to the centre, but I believe it's it's a bit like a ghost town, um, as you can imagine. London being a massive tourist destination, um, you don't see see uh, people out and about anymore, which is understandable. Europe itself, that's a good point. Yeah, go just ahead. on that point, yeah. Sorry, just your point about transport there is a, is a good one. Is is how I mean, from a project performance perspective, what do you do? So. You know, Transport for London, they were, they were using an earned value methodology. If, if they're measuring performance on a project and the projects, do the projects stop? Because obviously you're not going to have guys on the ground uh, installing any assets as such, let's say, on the rail system. Then how do you go about financially reporting the performance of that program? What, what, I mean, is this something like a force majeure? Is, that how, is this what you call it? Something that's out of our control, had no way of um, foreseeing this, not not with any accuracy anyway, and and don't know the foreseeable future in terms of how long it's going to be with us. So is that where you just kind of call? I mean, I imagine a number of projects are just going to be shelved because there's just not going to be enough. Well, money well to that's float the them. thing because I mean, you know, you spoke about um, you know uh, cash out um, is one aspect that people are looking at, but there's also um, and the main the main reason for that is you know the revenue streams will dry up. Um, not necessarily because mm-hmm. there's no money, but there's no people to do the work. So, if your if your operating costs increase, but you're not delivering, then you need to decrease those operating costs. Now, the UK government, and I know a lot of other governments have announced huge um, sort of um, monetary uh, policies or whatever um, decisions um, to make funding available to companies of all sizes and, and natures to keep them afloat because they understand the, the future impact to it. Um, and I guess, as you said, we're not yeah. going to comment yeah. on how each and every company has tackled this coronavirus. Um, and, and there's different views on that. And there's a debate on whether um, countries have taken the correct approach or not. But the fact that they're making money available um, to businesses at large shows that they, they're concerned about the impact to the economy um, and as you know, the, the, mm. the economy drives projects and, and what we do. So back to your original question of how you manage yeah. that. Now, if you go back to the fundamentals of what we do, you, you always have a baseline, right? Against which you measure project delivery, whether that's your integrated cost schedule baseline, uh, whatever the case would be. Um, or if you just have a, a schedule baseline, you, 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 you're measuring it against something or if you're annual budget is your baseline, whatever the case may be, you're measuring against something. Now, we've always said, though, that your baseline is only as good as what it is measuring. And if it's not measuring reality, then it is no good. The biggest issue that I think we find now is that we don't know what reality is going to be for the future, because there are so many unknowns. Um, and mm. we'll, we'll, we'll try and take a stab at, 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 at what that might be in terms of, of, of impact in the future. But before we go there, maybe it's good to try and understand how um, 
we can operate in the current climate because you touched on the digital world, you touched on the late adopters versus the early adopters. Um, and, and, you know, we, we, we like to consider ourselves early adopters of technology. You know, we use using the likes of Zoom. Oh, definitely. Uh, like, like Microsoft definitely 365 am, is, is coming into its own yeah. form now. Um, so there's, there's a lot of tools out there that can help with that. Um, and, and people call it virtual. For me, it's not virtual. It's still real. Uh, for me, it's the digital workspace, not the virtual workspace. Um, and, and so, and so mm. to, to, to steer away a bit about the negative impacts of coronavirus, let, let's try and be a bit more positive. And, and what, what are some of the tools that we can go into? And, and maybe let's just spend about five minutes or so, not too long, um, on, on some of the tools. And, and I don't know if you want to start potentially with um, communication tools because um, that's key well, and then we'll look at reporting tools and just focus on those two to start off with five yeah, minutes there's no chance, no chance but you know what i i think we'll be I, a bit more regular with these podcasts <laughs> and there'll be a lot more conversations <laughs> around uh, yeah. oh yeah 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 that's an apology for for anyone who's waiting for some we've had a we've had a bit of a break um and this was way before the corona so we will be back on air a lot more frequently now that we've got uh probably a bigger audience i would imagine uh, twiddling their thumbs, not knowing what to do. Get yourself some podcasts and download. Absolutely binge your casts. I just thought yeah, I'd plug that in there. Um, so tools themselves, I mean, obviously there's there's a whole plethora of tools, but it's not about the tool you use. It's about the team tool. So so what is everyone else using? Um, off the top of my bat, there's about three or four that I know are absolutely huge right now. I think everyone's told me, oh, have you used Microsoft Teams before? So yes, I have. Uh, he said, well, I'm going to schedule a meeting. You know, we can share documents. I said, well, that's fantastic. Let's do that. <laughs> so I look, I, I love the fact that people are discovering or rediscovering their, their, their love for the digital world. And like you said, we should take a positive step on this. It's not all dooms, uh, doomsday for me yet. I'm not uh, burying a shipping container in the backyard as yet. I'm not stocking for canned food as yet. Uh, I think uh, the biggest thing is uncertainty. And it's something that project managers should be relatively resilient with and used to. Um, of course, this is a different threat. It affects our family and, and our friends and and um, and our lives. But but effectively, it's the same problem statement that that project managers and and, and project and PMO staff are, are presented with every day, which is a complex problem um, that threatens the performance of the project. So that's how I think of it, and I, I kind of use that as a bit of a, a bit of a task and, and set myself to it. Um, my preference or my personal choices, if anyone cares, would probably be um, Slack. I've been using Slack a lot only because it's got some automated features in it that I really, really like. Um, and I like free stuff. And I know there's a lot of uh, enterprise tools out there. And you mentioned 365, Dale, which is fantastic because, you know, Microsoft are excellent at integrating their own systems to their own systems. And so if you've got, you know, uh, Outlook, if you've got, Microsoft Project, if you've got Excel, you've got Word, you've got Doc, you've got OneNote, then it makes sense you get Power BI and you get you know Sway and you get all these other kind of cool features and you might as well add on to that Teams. And um, and there's other tools as well within Teams like schedule management and calendars and, and recording. You could do uh, what we're doing now. Um, the other one, which is really good, which we're using for this podcast right now is Zoom. Uh, Zoom is free as well. And the video and audio quality, I would say, is one of the best out there. Um, what I've noticed is Skype for business and Skype in general has been suffering specifically or especially for um, international calls. So just watch out there. 
uh, if you if you're planning to have an important conversation maybe avoid that one um or maybe look for off peak times um but they're the tools of choice i i don't know anything's going to beat the telephone though because i think people still still gravitate around that so i've had a, a magnitude of calls and i guess the, the hard part is is your how do you do that and and maybe this is an offside topic for another podcast Dale, is around how do you not micromanage them in a in a digital world so obviously you, you used to working with your team you used to them working around you and suddenly you can't see what anyone is doing anymore um, and you get a few texts every couple of hours um, and i had a really interesting call today where one of our team members i spoke to her and i said how are you going i'm just doing the rounds i just thought i'd call and make sure everyone's okay i'm, I'm not interested in the work i'm more interested in your well-being and how are you feeling about this uh, self-isolation and working remotely? And she said, well, actually, I'm down in SA. I'm at the beach uh, working from there. And I thought, oh, fantastic. So, you know, it's just about understanding where and how you can use the technology. You don't need to set up an office because if you're trying to replicate work at home, it could be a pretty miserable environment. You might just have full walls around you. So, you know, as Dale said, try and look after your, your sanity as well while you're using some of these, some of these Absolutely. tools. Absolutely. Um, and all the tools I just mentioned um, have apps. So if you've got a tablet, even better, um, feel free to be mobile with it. Go for a walk if you've got um, if you've got a signal on it, um, and, and have a walking meeting. You know, you don't need to be sitting down. Um, what I do, what I have noticed, and I'll tell you now, I eat a lot more when I'm at home, <laughs> and I don't walk as much. Um, so so there's two things you might want to you might wanna, add to your daily routine is is get a few uh a few more walks in maybe walk the dog maybe go for a walk for lunch maybe have some walking meetings team meetings um and maybe make your lunch before you start the day just until yeah, so I, I i think you've um hit all the the main uh, topics there in terms of the digital tools i think um the one you mentioned at the end there which which is more about um the the tool that you use to structure your day um, because you know we 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 are animals of routine. Most of us we like to get up, brush your teeth, whatever you do in the morning, go to work. Um, but that's a routine, right? You might get the train, you might get in your car, whatever the case may be. Um, get on your bicycle, walk to work, whatever it is. Um, so try and replicate some structure in your day. Make sure that you've got a thing you do to go that switches you on, even though you might be at home all the time or self isolating. That goes right. I've done this, 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 I've now I'll work. And then make sure you have those regular breaks um, throughout the day, as as Fels mentioned, because um, you can't sit in front of your screen 24-7 because you're used to, you know, chatting to the person next to you potentially in your office or having a meeting with someone face to face. So try and replicate that digitally as well. Pick up the phone, phone people, mm. but structure it in. Um, and then make sure you're having your lunch break. Make sure that, you know, at the end of the day, there's something to signal you to say, right, I've got to switch off now. I've got to switch off from work, from being in front of the PC. And if you're finding that you're idle at home, maybe you're waiting on an email or waiting for someone else's output to receive, don't just sit there waiting blankly in front of your screen. Maybe pick up a course, do something on LinkedIn learning. Who knows? Um, or, mm. or chat to colleagues, do a quiz or go for a walk. There's a whole host of things that you can do, but keep yourselves busy, look after yourself, which is most important. Um, I, I just want to... That's such a good idea, mate. I, I, um, 
Yeah, it's a good Thanks. one. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to, I know because we, we, we're only allowing ourselves a, a shorter time limit on these podcasts. As I say, we'll, they'll probably be a little bit more regular. And, and this one really was just to sort of um, really maybe just, you know, open the envelope as to, to the various topics that we'll start um, discussing um, in, in, in podcasts to come. So we're, we're just touching the surface right now on the various aspects of, of what, you know, this coronavirus impact will mean mean across the board but i just want to touch briefly maybe um spend about five minutes or so um, before we sign off val about what the future of projects might look like once things settle down will we return to pre-coronavirus conditions will the landscape change um well, i mean it really is a, a bit of a hospital pass question because I know you don't know. I know that there's a lot of people out there that don't actually know. But what are some of the thoughts that you have, um, some of the views that you have that you think um, projects might look like in the future? Well, I, I think it. I don't think it would be ever the same after the coronavirus and like any other major event that hits us globally, if you look at any global event that's ever happened to us, it's always changed um, all of us in some way, small or large. And the coronavirus is no different. And what I think it's going to do is change um, because humans are quite adaptive, right? So we can adapt to change. We, we, we can do that. We don't always want to do it, but we can. And the thought of a compelling vision now for us. I think that's everyone's shared mission. Just want this thing to be over and done with. And that unites a lot of people. And it's great because it helps us develop um, a future, uh, kind of a future pace. And what we're doing now is because we're adapting and adopting new technology, I think when we go back, some, some level of that will stay with us at all levels of the business. And so projects should be a lot more fluid in accepting digital technology um, in and embracing it. And what I mean by that is I've, and this is no secret, it, I've been to so many programs of work still running off Excel with no integration and pushing out the Outlook emails like that's a, a formal uh, a formal way to to run a program of work. And I think that will stop because people realize that there's better tools out there and and they've been forced to see a little bit of logic in that, you know, oh, that's what Dale's been talking about, or Val, or or anyone who who adopts technology and believes in a in an easier way. And hopefully that pushes down some of this low-value transactional work that's been happening in projects for a very long time. And that gets automated. Um, because well, one that, that would make me a lot happier because we need to elevate the level of intelligence in projects. And the only way to do that is to remove low value transactional work, which I've mentioned before many, many times. And hopefully I'm, I'm expecting that to happen as part of this um, transition post Corona, if that's a statement, uh, probably get some shirts made, I, I imagine. Wouldn't we? Uh, but, but I, that's where I see it. I, I see that, that there's a definitely imprint of, of, of digital literacy, literacy, can't even say it um, across the board. Globally, yeah, I, 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 I agree with you there. It, it's, it's, um, I, I think the digital workspace will definitely um, be a, a, a much bigger part. I think it will change um, the views and behaviors of some of your, let's call them traditional or or dinosaur 
um, type project managers and and and, and project leaders, um, and and you know if there's a silver lining, maybe it'll catapult um, some of the technologies that we have available um, into use onto projects. Um, yes, it's not going to replace the physical works that's required to install something or, or build something. That will still have to happen, but. As a mm. you know, as a designer sitting in front of your computer, you can do that anywhere. As you say, you could do that at the beach, you can do that at the airport, mm. you can do it in a coffee shop, right? Um, and it's how you then harness the interaction. So if you're in a team, how you you know make sure that you replicate that same team environment digitally. Um, and then also, um, I, I definitely think it'll change the way reporting happens as well. Um, so I, I, I think you will find that as the technology develops and, and, and is adopted, you'll find um, far less, uh, what's the word, mandrolic processes, um, and you'll find speed of um, information to uh, decision makers will improve as a result. Um, so I definitely think that these tools coming in and being adopted will help in the PMO space. Now, some might say, well, does that make us redundant? I say, no, well, that actually adds more value because you need someone to interpret what that data means. Um, so um, mm. if you haven't been, uh, and, and which we kind of forewarned in, in earlier in po podcasts, if, you have, if, if you've just been the P6 jockey entering information from the project manager or engineer into P6 and not really understanding it, well, now is really the time to start understanding, you know, what does that information actually mean? What does it do to the project? How does that integrate with your costs? How does it integrate with risk? How does it integrate with resources? Because that's really where the value will mm -hmm. start being added going forward. I'm not saying that uh, scheduling or planning will be switched off overnight, but the speed of that information and, and how it's processed um, will be far more integrated. Um, that's my view. Again, this is, we don't have crystal balls. We don't know. Um, but, you know, it's, I guess it's our stab at, at, at looking at, at what things might be like in the future. Um, I don't know if you want to add to any of that, Bill. No, no, you're spot on there, mate. I, I just wanted to make sure that people realize that there's so many good tools out there to use. Uh, so go exploring, like uh, you said before, which is a great idea. You know, do some courses, do some stuff you're meant to do that you never got around to, but you might have some more latent times because you're between meetings or whatever. Um, there's a thing called micro-credentials. You know, Google that, maybe do some short courses, um, upskill yourself. As you, uh, This is an opportunity to do some some digital skill behavioral um, competencies assessments. And, and the more we do this, the better we're going to get at it. And then it will just be innately part of our, and part of our kind of project culture. And that to me is, is almost the tipping point for a new way of working. You talked about, you know, reporting being new. Well, I think the last thing of that is workflows, you know, workflows for approvals. I've, I kind of posted the other day about blockchain to adopting these, these cutting edge, uh, autonomous systems and, and we need to keep pushing. So we need advocates and the only way to do that is, is giving them access to it, which seems to take a long time in projects, particularly construction projects, particularly construction rail projects. So uh, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. I wanted to make sure everyone was, 
well. And I just wanted to make sure that everyone's safe and uh, looking after each other. Um, and and the, the important point is that this is the time when it's important to be human and humane um, and have empathy for people. So just watch out Absolutely. for everyone. Yeah, th- thanks for that insight. And, um, you know, I was just thinking while you were chatting there as well that, you know, um, if, if you feel that... Um, you do feel start feeling isolated, uh, whatever the case may be. Um, you don't feel you can chat to anyone, or you don't feel anyone wants to chat to you. Email us; we'd love to have you on on, on the show. Um, you know, we'll we'll chat to you um, and get your views on, on how things are happening. Uh, what, Val, if you could just give um, everyone that that email address again. You can go to admin at projectlabs.co. That's projectlabs.co, and uh, and we get a whole ton of feedback, so we appreciate your feedback. And we'd be happy to have plenty of different topics on this show so we can increase the frequency um, and keep you from going crazy at home. Yeah, so, so just to recap quickly what we uh, covered off before we sign off for this podcast, um, we, we, we spoke a little bit about the, the impact of coronavirus on projects, um, the various um, ideas that, that the various uh, projects are, are potentially thinking about doing based on their um, future financial um, predictions, I guess, um, and what that might be, and also the impact on the workforce. Um, so uh, hopefully something for you to think about, but it really is an unknown. We spoke a bit about um, the tools that you can potentially do, also what you can do yourself if you're feeling isolated and some of the tools and, and, and self-learning you can do online, but also how important it is to structure your day and, and keep in contact with, with people. And then lastly, we just sort of try to uh, open up a non-existent crystal ball and, and I guess discuss very briefly on um, what our views are and potentially what project delivery might look like in the future. Um, and as we said, stay tuned because we'll go into a little bit more detail and we'll be a little bit more regular um, with, with the podcast. So if, if you do have anything, um, please do send it in um, and, we'll try, and we'll try and address it. But other than that, uh, thank you very much from myself for listening. Um, thank you to, do, to you, Val, um, for, for joining me on, on, on this podcast. Thanks, guys. And thanks, Dale. And uh, it was a really important kind of, uh, I guess, mini mini catch podcast around the, uh, the coronavirus. And yeah, there's just a lot of question marks and hopefully it's resolved soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye for now.